Your story is waiting for you today. Your story has something new to say. But your story will only come out to play when you're alone. Alone. Alone in a room with invisible people. The following episode may contain swearing. Alone in a Room with Invisible People is brought to you by hollyswritingclasses.com. If you find value in what we do and you'd like to support the podcast, go to coffee.com, that's K-O hyphen F-I.com forward slash alone, or you can go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com forward slash support us to find out more. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rebecca Gallardo, the host of Alone in a Room with Invisible People. I'm here today with author and teacher Holly Lyle, and today's topic is basically kind of a series versus standalone Holly's point at <laughs> this time, this date and stage of her career, and that is 2020, basically. So um, we had a question from a listener and student of Holly's, and it was regarding series versus standalones. And Holly's take on this. Um, Note that when I read this question, this is an old stance of Holly's back when traditional publication was still a mainstay. Is that right? No, that's fair. That that is that is fair. That's um, I I don't even recommend traditional publishing anymore. Yeah, but um, I was. It was the publication of choice back when this was my stance so yeah yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and read the question holly i have a question for the podcast series versus standalone some indie authors swear that okay mainly those selling on the big a amazon to survive and thrive as an indie author you must have a series and not just one series going but multiple i was listening to your think sideways bonus lecture and this is not part of the question. I just want to remind you guys, Think Sideways was done in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the question. And you mentioned that in bookstores, at least, it would be a bad idea for the new author to have a series. So which do we do? Create a book that is part of a series that can each stand alone, but still be part of the series overall, or write that epic story in three plus books. I totally understand why you said for bookstores, have the standalone. It makes perfect sense. It's just some of these indie authors are only on the big A, aka Amazon, and are, some of them, quite successful. Trying to suss this out and weighing the options is exhausting. I'd love to know your thoughts on ever-changing book market, marketplace. <laughs> I think, really, the, there's a lot of things to hit on in oh, there. Yeah. Um, but she kind of brought the whole thing in when she said the ever-changing book market yeah so it's it's kind of difficult to go on advice from 2008 when mm-hmm. it's it's 12 years into the future from from your old stance right but if other people are hearing this they might still follow that advice exactly if if the only career that will satisfy you is commercial publishing then that advice still stands but the, the, the problem with that is that commercial publishing is becoming less and less viable. They, commercial publishers are absolutely inundated with submissions. Um, almost nothing is getting through. 
and the the writer's ability to make a living com- from commercial publishing with bookstores closing down and with the Amazon being the the not just the 600 pound gorilla in the room but basically um <laughs> its own t- entire planet of 600 pound gorillas at this point. I don't, I don't recommend commercial publishing anymore. I'm not doing, I still have a New York agent. Um, I haven't even looked at sending her the Ohio novel in spite of the fact that I know it is the best thing I have ever written. Um, because I can do better for myself. Um, I can own my own rights. I can build my own release dates. I can do um, five books in five months as a release. I can't write them that fast, you know, well, for God's sake. But but it's not just that. It's it's you can publish a series for as long as you want to. You right. won't lose an entire world that you built and have to start over from scratch. Yes. But this is so so that's a very clear stance on commercial publishing. We've already talked about that in so yes, many different episodes. We have. I will definitely try to find a couple of links on Holly's blog about this to put in the show notes but this is this is so much has changed since 2008 yeah and and again it's it's like this in so many fields you really have to keep up to date with with the way things are going and as Holly has mentioned I don't know if she's mentioned this in the podcast but we've talked about this many times commercial publishers are trying to subsidize their failing print market with the price of their Kindle books. So a lot of the times, yeah. the Kindle books will be the same price, if not a couple bucks more. More, yeah. Than the physical copy of the book. And and both her and I both refuse to buy a Kindle book from a publisher who is charging more from the Kindle book just because their print books are failing. Get right. with the times or close your business. Right. And the thing is, ebooks are better there well i, I, I mean i that, love print a, books yeah i was gonna say like, do. we don't need to get into that because that's yeah. highly controversial and i i can't say that ebooks are better but there are some significant um pros to from books from the point of view of somebody who is actually publishing her own work though yeah the, from the, a writer's perspective from, yeah from a yeah. writer's perspective you can directly reach your audience. You can make your books, you know, three or four bucks, not the, the 11 or $12 that, that commercial yeah. publishers are doing. I saw one for sixteen ninety nine for a freaking Kindle book that was uh-huh. 300 and something pages, and the print version was twelve ninety nine. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? Uh-huh. Because the, the Kindle version costs you, you, you do the formatting, and then every single copy is is basically free for you it's it's it is such a huge amount of of profit in ebooks yeah. and you're going to charge more because your stupid print book print manufacturing is failing now i love print books i don't do. ever want yeah. them to to see them go away for for good right but and i always do a print version of mine for the people who love the print books but yeah i let the paper I, I they are priced higher because paper costs yeah. and electrons don't yeah. so i mean it's, aside it, from the download cost yeah the, there's there's minuscule costs involved it is an ethical issue it is 
unethical the way that so many of these publishing companies are charging so much for their Kindle version of books. And it is ridiculous and it is an insult. But again, that is something that is not for this this particular <laughs> no. topic That's it's a just series versus standalone and everything in that email we're very passionate about especially holly who's had to struggle so much through yeah. so much within her own career field so we know that the traditional publication is not what you suggest anymore mm-hmm. we know that you as a writer ebooks are an amazing opportunity to get yeah. your books into the hands of a reader who, who has less um for for the same price of a print version they can buy four or five of your ebooks yeah and they they get to read all of them and they they can be your your reader mm-hmm. so when it comes to series versus standalone and or series versus multiple series running it's a series of standalone books versus a series that is what did you call it when it's when it's oh interconnected series yes yes so there's a lot to get to on this one topic so let's go ahead and start with whichever one you've got listed first okay what i have listed first is the standalone and well actually what i have listed first is how this is has changed and algorithms and amazon algorithms can either be your enemy or they can be your friend and uh, the reason that I am going to have to come out with my new series under a pseudonym is because I have all of my other books in science fiction, in fantasy, in nonfiction, in my paranormal romantic suspense were all under the same name, which means the algorithms absolutely killed me from the time they came out and are still killing me now. You have to understand the algorithms. You really do. But if you understand the... Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and just to let you guys know, before the algorithms hit, Holly was making a significant amount of money from Amazon. She was making the kind of money that you guys, that is like hashtag writer goals. Seriously. Mm -hmm. She was making enough money to provide for her family enough to to if if she really wanted to do nothing but write fiction for a living yeah she had it going on i will give you a number because i know there are people who are making millions doing this and i wasn't one of those but i made i i made enough that i would have made a hundred thousand dollars a year which that that was my goal that was that was the live on goal right there that with that kind of money it was awesome (laughs) and then it was gone overnight gone overnight because of the algorithms so again this is all about keeping up to date if you really want to make a living at writing if you really want to make a living you have to keep it's not even about keeping on trend because you can look at holly's Mm -hmm. books and her books are, are are never quote trending they're never they're they were never like the the written for this particular market because this market is popular but she was still able to make a significant amount of money that would have been life-changing but the algorithms changed and she didn't know what to do with it so that sent her into quite a few years of not knowing what to do and we don't want that for anybody no so we are always happy to help you guys figure out what the problem is or what your focus should be and 
if you want to make a living writing, you have to keep up with the yeah. big thing, which is at this moment, Amazon and algorithms. And if that so, changes, you have to keep up with that too. Yes. But right now, algor- the, the algorithms and Amazon are the way for indie writers to actually make a live on living. And I am at the moment doing my damnedest to do that. And that means pseudonym. And <laughs> now we go to series versus standalone. If you are an indie writer and you want to build a readership, you go series. And fortunately for me, I've been trying to go series all along because I love series fiction. Absolutely love it. I love to read it. I love to write it. I love to dig deeper into characters. I love to build big worlds. And series fiction fiction is all of that. It is. Yeah, she's, she, from her very first book that got published, Fire in the Mist, all she wanted to do was write in the world of our hell. That yeah. was it. And this is this has been her lifelong goal, has been to write in a series that doesn't get canceled after three fucking books. Yeah. So, yeah, this is, so when it comes to writing the series, this is, this is the way to go for an indie author who wants to build their readership that wants to make a living online so so these people that were that this girl was reading about girl or guy i don't remember mm-hmm. was reading about they have it correct <clears throat> that you want to write series yeah and publish series yeah now again <laughs> the the bookstore numbers will kill you if you are a new author and you are coming out with a a series because of the the three book attrition that happens with people going in and buying a physical copy of your book in bookstores because bookstores still stock fewer books for the second book of a series and fewer books even for the third book of a series um and if you are not just killing it on amazon you are still going to lose your series after three books and I will go ahead and make sure to link in the show notes the three book death spiral, yep. as you have called it. And but I think it's probably best if we just say like, done with the traditional. If you guys yep. want us to do an episode on traditional, we 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 can. I think we have. <laughs> I think the, we have. And and my recommendation right now is just don't. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's but yeah. So we will we will focus solely on. The rest of the question, which is really the meat of it anyway and where we get to have fun, mm-hmm. and that's that's on the series and the different kind of series that you can write and if you should write multiple series, um, know that we are not going to be giving any marketing advice yet because mm-hmm. Holly has a couple of things she wants to try. It might be a while before we have any kind of solid evidence to show you guys, hey, this is what worked for Holly, so this is what you can try to do. <laughs> well, but. It- yeah, it will yeah, definitely ahead. be a while because I have to write the five books first. Yes, because and then revise them and get the yeah. covers and yeah. Yeah, I have to do all of that stuff. I have to have them ready to go so that I can release a five-book series at, at the rate of one book a month under a pseudonym. And I am going to be an absolute nobody when I do it because, because I have to bring in only the people who love the genre and... And let yeah. them and, and be found organically. And I know that this is a, a big project. I know it's a long-term project. And the first five books are probably going to sit there and maybe gather a little bit of moss. 
and or a little not not moss gather yeah. get, do not gather the, moss and and you know grow a little bit of momentum but it's not going to be any until i'm able to write the first book of the second part of the series where i'm doing hoping to do another five books that i will see the actual payoff for this so this is a long-term strategy it's a painful gotta make a living while i'm doing it strategy but yeah. it's what i'm doing <laughs> yeah so you're basically going to be able to get to see the benefits of um holly's holly's marketing attempts while she's starting off as literally just anybody else would publishing their first books um, trying out a, a specific marketing plan, you will definitely get to see the end results of whatever it is because Holly and I, you know, we openly share whatever it is that we're doing in effort to help other writers get their stuff published. And I will so, be openly sharing how this is going for me with yeah. real numbers and everything as I do it. And um, I am anticipating it being a rough, painful, rocky start because starting as a new author is a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> But it's if it's something you have to do because your also reds are killing your Hollywood brand, basically. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um so when it comes to the series, it, so we we've kind of put aside the standalone, even though of course there's always there is always exceptions. We always say this, this is a generalization. Somebody could hit it off big with a standalone and that's amazing. But the the mass majority of writers that are out there that really want to grow a readership organically that really want to get enough readers to help pay their bills that sort of thing it's best if you do series mm -hmm. and now we're looking at the interconnected series or versus like the standalone because you can't go in and pick up the second Tolkien book the second book of the Lord of the Rings and know everything you know, like read it mm -hmm. by itself and then go read book one that that one is is seriously the quote big book broken into three right um one of the things that i toyed with was making each each of the th five books a standalone um a separate um following the agatha christie model you have the the same main character you have the same town you have the same um familiar secondary characters and then you have um a murder and then you have agatha Ag um come on miss marple miss marple thank you yes never never really liked her hercule poirot but i loved miss marple and you have her going through and wandering around um first person to find the body uh follows this very f very familiar set for the most part you know, she, she broke new ground in a lot of places. But the, each book stands alone. You can pick up the first book or the hundredth book and you get the introduction and you get the world setting and you get um, the little town she lived in, St. Mary Mead. And you get, um, that's fine. That's a good thing. And allowing people to pick up any book and start anywhere is spiffy, except... And I struggled with this because I love being able to pick up any book and start anywhere. The thing is, if you want to build a readership, you need to have them invested. And you're always going to lose some of the readers on book one. 
when they move to book two because it's you, you are always going to lose some readers no matter no matter the yeah series. it just wasn't what they expected right or they they like um for instance uh Ilona Andrews lost me in the second book of the one series that I was reading that I read the first book because it didn't have any of the same characters as the first one, but she left so much open. They left so much open that I just ended up not reading anymore. This was the Edge series. Yeah, Edge series. Yeah, that's Kate. I am am on book eight, book 10 of of the Kate Daniels series right now. And it has, she has maintained the same characters, the same. Yeah, that's the one Lee suggested that I read too. Yeah. But that's, that's a good point is that the the standalone you also you you don't necessarily get to see the main characters grow mm-hmm. you don't get to see them evolve or see see their life unless of course you're talking about like Lawrence Block's um uh, Scudder. Scudder series mm-hmm. yeah because you do see a lot of growth there but literally any single book can be picked up mm-hmm. and it is by itself wonderful it's, yeah. yeah it's just if you read them in order um they are they're so much deeper but (laughs) doing that is playing at the master's level i -hmm. mean this is a guy who has written zillions of words of fiction and is fucking brilliant and (laughs) if you have not written zillions of words of fiction and are not fucking brilliant then you look at okay well now i have to build what's called a marketing funnel and this is going to offend some listeners who want to think that fiction is always only ever just an art and you want to make it as much art as you can but if you want to eat from it you have to look at marketing too and so I went through this little bit of hell with well I love standalone pickup anywhere had the moment where I said okay I am not Lawrence Block Um, I am me and I want to be able to build, build a series that that people will want to keep reading and I want to keep the same characters in it but I want them to grow and I'm not Lawrence Block so uh, you might not be able to pick up any single book without reading them in order well Um, I mean I like Lawrence Block but I think that the 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 work that you do with your characters is more involving and more engaging than what Block does with Scudder or Elaine or any of them I like his books they're great but I prefer to read books with in-depth character growth and I don't he doesn't really have that because it's all about the mystery for Scudder right for your books your books are more character based so you can sit there and say you know I'm not I'm not block I'm not block (laughs) but it doesn't it doesn't matter because you're Holly Lyle and your books are your own yeah I I thank you (laughs) yeah I I think that I would prefer to read your character based Ohio series because it is, of the characters. It is very, very character-centric. And there are nobody... Well, nobody except my main character and the eventual love interest are safe. And they're not even entirely safe. And there are... There I are, there are some questions in the back of my mind about how safe the love interest is actually going to be. Yeah, and um, if anybody's read Hunting the Corrigan's Blood, you can definitely <laughs> never trust Holly to say somebody is safe. No. I'm always going to be bitter about that. My, my protagonist... My protagonist will survive to the end of the series. That's all I'm fucking promising. Yeah. <laughs> That's now, it. with with <laughs> this, so you chose the interconnected series, mm-hmm. correct? So, yes. So these, these, you really should read them in order. Somebody can probably mm-hmm. pick it up and 
they can get through one of the books, but it's going to leave a lot of questions, so it's better to be read in order. Right, and I understand that there will be, knowing, knowing going right into it, I already know there is going to be attrition from book to book, simply because there is always attrition from book to book in an interconnected series where you have Explain. to read them in order explain what that is what okay. attrition is attrition is if you go to any big name author who writes a series you'll see that book one of the series has 7,000 reviews and a, a certain rank uh, the second book in the series will have 5,000 reviews and a certain rank the third book in the series will have uh, 3,500 reviews and a certain rank and the farther down the series you go the fewer reviews there will be. There is no exception to this rule. I have looked. I have looked for anybody with a series who does who has the same number of reviews on a later book than they have on the first one. And there are. If you can find one, by God, please send me a link yeah. to them. Because Put them in the forums. Yes, because I will read their books to see what happened and what they did to bring up those end numbers and those end reviews, but they just, I, I cannot find a single exception to this rule. So I think that fits though, the, the motto of your most recent book sells your backlist mm -hmm. because especially if you put the numbers, which I really appreciate when authors do put the numbers in the title, mm -hmm. such and such, such, and then parentheses book, whatever, um, then most readers, myself included, going to click on the author name, full find book one, buy book one, and then I always try to leave a review if it's four or five stars, at least rate it. And then as I go on, I might forget the author or I might forget, you know, the series might have gone downhill and then I won't buy the next one. But their t book 12 is what sold me on book one. Mm -hmm. So that is what the motto thing is, is, is your current book sells your backlist right and and your backlist is where you're probably making most of your money right so what I have done with mine and I have been looking at okay this is five books what am I going to do with the next five books am I going to do another interconnected series yes am I going to use the same main character yes but I have decided um, to make it fresh, to give it something different that the second five books, and I have, <laughs> I have done very light outlining and plotting for 20 books <laughs> just wow. because, oh yeah, just because if the first five books go, I want to know where I'm coming in with the next series and yeah. there will be some big world changes so that people who didn't like the world in the first series will have some different things to play with in the second five books we'll have it a year later than the first five books which will cover the period of about I'm doing a month per book I think um, actually actually I'm doing about three weeks in the current novel it's going to cover a three-week span um, I want to do um, a season like cover it's it's all set in Ohio so I want to do the first book in winter the next book in spring the next book in summer the next book in fall then go back to winter for the last one uh, and then bump forward and do some maybe something different for the next five and then maybe something different for the next five but have them 
have each thing offer a lot of the same, including a surviving main character. And I'm not going to say any more than that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then some different things. And and I will just have to see how this goes. It's it's pure experimentation. It's all new characters. It's a brand new world. Um, it's a completely different name. And it's uh, it is starting from absolutely nothing with an objective of being able by the end of the fifth book of the first series to have a readership who loves the series and will be willing to try the next one yeah well and and just to point just to make a point with your um, attrition thing i looked up jk rowling Mm -hmm. and even her books doing the exact same thing as what you're talking about the Twilight series did the exact same things as what you're talking about mm-hmm. by um, Stephanie Meyer. So I was looking up intentionally, looking up these insanely um, popular books, yeah, d- popular authors that you know those books were massive, massive, trend-setting bestsellers, and yeah. their books suffer from the same um, thing where the reviews and ratings go not down, but the, the amount of them go yeah. down. And yeah. the sales numbers go down. You can check and see. You know, Amazon is, is pretty transparent about stuff like this. You yeah. can see where the books are. Just rank. not their algorithms. <laughs> yeah, well, no, they're not at all transparent about the algorithms. But, um, yeah, I will tell you this. Don't don't try and have your fiction and your nonfiction in five different genres all under the same name or you'll get your ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> but the the idea of the big book, the yeah. the epic series as this person referred to it, you know, three plus books. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also, I, I think that that is going to follow the same kind of issues. Plus the fact that you're going to get some people that um, pick up a book in the middle of, you know, like book three and there's two behind it and two in the back. D- despite the fact that you put in the title, book three, and then they're going to leave an ass leave. Oh, this is in the middle of a series. and it's a- <laughs> yes. So you're going to get some dumbasses. Um, <laughs> you're going to get also, I think, if you're doing a big epic series like this, like using Lord of the Rings as a specific example, because it's very much a big book. Yeah, that is a one big books. book book. Yeah, it's how you said that's how he actually wrote it as one big book, and then the publisher cut it into three. Exactly. So you're going to get the people who can't wait to get their hands on book two, mm-hmm. can't wait to get their hands on book three, that are obsessed with the series because it is so interconnected that it is really big. And I think the best idea for you as the writer would be to do what Holly's doing. If you have the ability, um, write all of that that big book series in one go revise all of that big series in one go and then release them um she's doing one a month Mm -hmm. if you can do that because then you're staying fresh your name is still on the top of your reader's mind the next book coming out you can if if everything's already revised and done you can set it up for a pre-order as long as all of the information is already uploaded and ready to go that way you can keep on the mind of the reader because that's how I pre-ordered Darcy Coates stuff as soon as her email comes in I just hit pre-order and it comes in automatically I get an email telling me my my pre-order is in my Kindle already that's kind of what I think that the big book or massive completely connected series can do for you right 
writing different series in the same span of time is also a big thing that a lot of authors suggest. Mm -hmm. And I like that idea because you are, you're basically hitting, you, you can even hit two different target markets that are slightly different. You, you can write in the same world, but do a YA over here and more of an adult theme over here, not breaking it too much because you don't want these intensely different genres to your name like Holly's talking about. But if you do fantasy, slightly, slightly more adult fantasy, young adult, or if you're doing urban fantasy here and then urban fantasy with more of a horror over here mm -hmm. or even if you're keeping within the exact same genre it's yeah. all urban fantasy just different characters in different parts of the same world or even different worlds yeah i would you're, recommend that yeah, yeah yeah because you're because... you're hitting the same target market and they're more likely to buy all of your books and ya and, and adult that's that's two different even if you're writing in the same genre genre mm -hmm. you you're you're trying to reach two different sets of readers and i guess this is just coming from a person who is a wide reader and mm -hmm. would love to see some of the authors that have written some other things write some different things but, but we're writers yeah and exactly that's, that's the problem is that so many writers think well i read everything therefore and i thought that yeah, and, and there is readers are very very narrow. Yeah, readers have one thing or two things that they like, and that's all they read. Yeah, because if if you got an a reader who loves your urban fantasy romance, and then they see you put out a new book, and you're like, and they're like um, me with Darcy Coates, so they just mm -hmm. automatically have your stuff on pre-order, and they mm -hmm. don't even look at the title or any of the blurb or copy, and it comes in, and they open it, and it's. Uh, urban fantasy horror with no romance and or, they don't or, like horror yeah or urban fantasy ya exact yeah, same then, genre but for kids yeah yeah so ignore what i said <laughs> but it's it's a good way writing multiple series is also a good way to keep your if this is an issue for you is is a good way to keep your muse on his toes having fun getting to play mm -hmm. with all the shiny stuff trying out different things and then going back to the characters from the previous book fresh-minded yeah and There's... the the way i would recommend doing this even would be to have uh, like a secondary set of characters from the first series and spin them off same world maybe a different town maybe they have to move to the other side of the country if you want to do a different different bigger world but the same fit the same story physics that you came up with characters that the readers already know and uh, the same structure you used with the first book, first first series, so that the readers who love the first one will love the second one. Because again, um, I'm gonna use the Kate Daniels stuff as an example here, and then the sweep of the brooms, I'm trying to remember the Innkeeper series, um, which is another Kate Daniels series. Both of these follow the same characters. Um, they are in different worlds, the, the world building is different, but the structure is the same, where you get to see the, the world building unfold, where you are following characters, the two characters that you like through a series of books, and you'd never get dumped out of it like the, the Edge series, where yeah. immediately you get ripped away from the characters you loved in the first yeah. and get thrown into to strangers you have no interest in. 
Yeah. I mean, I, well, it, there was another character that started it off. It was somebody else from that point of view that was, but they didn't have a POV in the first one. No. But at the same time, there was so much left unresolved with the first one that I just lost interest. I did too. Um, that's what I'm doing with, with Fulton Hills is that all of these characters that I'm introducing in the first book, three or four of them, I already have a, a series planned for them. Like Tanya, she's, she's one of the um, witches. She has her entire... She has two different series in my head. She has a prequel series from where she was uh, 19. Mm-hmm. And so she's an adult. It's not a YA. Um, and she's in a different town because she had to get away from her mother, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. But she didn't want to leave Fulton County. So she's in a different town. And she has this massive problem that she ends up having to deal with. And while she solves it, the problem still sort of exists. And then there is her future series, which is her possibly going back to that same problem that she had to deal with when she was 19 and um it's but i've also got series from the one of the characters the pov characters in this first book when she gets older she's going to have her own series Mm -hmm. and it's going to involve a lot of the same people in this in this world so i i mean that's the kind of stuff that fascinates me it's like my own tv show it's like with with buffy and Angel got his spinoff, and they were all still somewhat interconnected. And you still had all of these characters that you loved, and nobody was ever really dead except for Joyce, which was great, even though I feel bad that Buffy's <laughs> mom died. It was like Joyce was horrible. Yeah, but, I hated her. <laughs> yeah, she was just so annoying. Yeah. But you've got you've got all of these, these characters that you're writing, and a throwaway character in one book that just made you so intrigued you can bring them back for their own series or their own standalone. Even a standalone within the same world can still be something that is hitting your target market because your target market has read these two series and then, oh my God, this rando character, I didn't even remember him. He's got his own book now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there are, yeah, I have always been a huge fan of series. I only ever wanted to write series. Amazon and indie publishing and the other other places like Smashwords and da- Draft to Digital and uh, Apple and all of those places where indies can now get their books out to readers have made what I always wanted to do a possibility again. And so I am finally going to take I the the math that I have been watching from uh, people who research this stuff, who say, okay, what is the most um, likely method for you to find a readership? Um, I read a thing, I think it's the guy's name is Corson Knowles, last name, C-O-R-S-O-N apostrophe K-N-O-W-L-E-S, I think. He does stats. He does Amazon stats, and he is very, very... um, in-depth and he has uh, stuff that's too pricey for me but he does some free stuff that I have used and he has some small you can buy this particular piece of this particular report for 25 bucks stuff that I have also used Um, and this is in no way sponsored by him or anything like that we're just mentioning him because that's what Holly is is doing and again we share everything with you guys right and I am pretty sure he is the guy who did the stats who said okay Three books over a period of three months 
in a series for a new author is a very good way to bring a new author or new pseudonym or whatever out just you know a one month release over three books but a significantly better and it was significantly better by multiple percentage points um, way to do it is five books over a period of five months at a release pace of once per month and I read that and it was it was some god-awful number like 20% more your, wow. your chances yeah I mean it was seriously significantly better and I think he may still have the report up and available and you might be able to to contact him from his website and ask how you could yeah get hold of it you know and and all, he is very very transparent about this stats change as as amazon algorithms change and stuff that works today might not work tomorrow yeah which is why we mentioned keep on top of everything this is this is uh, listen the traditional market was just a problem in many ways authors were very rarely getting unless you were an a-list author you were very rarely getting paid what you were worth in the first place and a lot of times even with the big name publishing companies Holly got stalled. Holly got, you know, oh, well, the check's in the mail, the check's in the oh mail, the God. check's in the mail. Six months later, she might she might have gotten the check. So yeah. it's... I will, I will know that Bain was really good about paying on time and nobody else was. Yeah, Bain. <laughs> that's Bain. it. That's, Bain. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the thing. So now that the power is in your hands, the responsibility to keep up with times is also in your hands. Mm-hmm. With the... With the knowledge that you are going to be making the profit that that no one is going to take your world away no one is going to take away um your a significant chunk of your freaking money and your change or put you out of uh, put you out of print and not not reprint and also not release the rights to the books yeah to just just be a dick about shit because it with with all of this power over your work comes more responsibility to to keep up with trends so that's a lot of writers don't really care about that kind of stuff they don't want to have to do the research so traditional publication is what they want it to do and we can't force anybody to do anything we wouldn't want to you do what is best for you and a lot of people realize that indie is the way to go Mm -hmm. but if you're doing indie that means you're going to have to do the work when it comes to researching things and that means staying on top of unfortunately statistics and all of that stuff because you you have to find the way to 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 reach your readers and the more you do this accurately and with the trends and with the statistics the more readers you're going to get the more money you're going to be making the more bills you can pay you know that's my goal is to retire tony and be able to pay all of our bills and have a savings account and if i have to unfortunately study numbers which i hate numbers but if i have to study numbers to make that happen i'll study numbers yeah yeah and it is you are when you are indie publishing like i said i I won't go back to commercial Uh, i won't go back to other people owning my books and uh owning my owning uh the access to a particular world and being able to tell me i can't write in that world anymore and uh to not releasing books to me if they have done an absolutely piss poor job of publishing them and marketing them and still saying well no we have the rights to those and we're not going to you know give them back to you and yeah i won't go back to that i don't blame you and that's something that a lot of writers don't understand too a lot of especially beginners that have not had anything published traditionally Mm -hmm. it's still up to you as the author to market the damn books yeah 
So the, the publishing companies will do a little bit of marketing, but a little bit is literally it because Hollywood's still responsible. Even back in the 90s and er, like um, early 2000s, she was still responsible for marketing her own books, for pushing her own books. And if she, like she's the one that has to set up the, the book signings, I think, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> here, here this is fun too, is with the contract, and with that front end that you get um, of, okay, let's say you're average and you get a $2,500 advance for the first book, then you have to wait until the book pays out for the publisher, which if the publisher doesn't market it, it never will to get mm -hmm. royalties. And if it does pay out, you'll get 15% of everything, the, of, of royalties after. All, they have deducted all of their shit. So, um, yeah, so th that's 15% after cost. So, yeah. everything that they label as a cost per book, which is bullshit, then you get 15% after they've already taken of a, that. a chunk out of that. Yeah. Whatever the profit is, $7 for the book, mm -hmm. let's say $3 is is the their cost, mm -hmm. whatever. So, out of $4, you get 15% and the rest of is of that is their profit. Right. After they've paid off your advance and any expenses. Yeah, so, so you have to wait for that 15% after cost to pay off whatever advance they gave you. And then you get royalties. Yeah, and, uh, and again, and this is, not, this is not a plug for Bain because I haven't worked with them in a bunch of years. I don't know how things have changed over there. But mm -hmm. uh, when I was writing for them, they were the only ones for whom I ever got regular royalty checks that were three figures. <laughs> as yeah. opposed to, you know, uh, a $5 check or, yeah, yeah. Um, they yeah. were the only ones where I was, and I still wasn't because you only get paid royalties twice a year and I still wasn't making enough to live off. Um, I, I was having to write two books a year, sometimes three books a year because yeah, you were I was living on, to, on advances yep, on advances and yeah. that will kill you. If you yeah. are living on advances, you are just, you're, you're, bank account is constantly breathing breathing fumes um and yep. and you are at the mercy of any publisher's accountant 100 percent of the time and they have the best accountants because they have a lot of money so yeah um, and and while we didn't mean to make this so anti-trad pub it is anti-trad pub it because it, it's a broken system that that takes advantage of writers and mm -hmm. It sees you as a, basically as a commodity. You, you you are a thing to sell and they keep you strapped for cash so you are forced to continue to write for them for those advances. And again, everybody thinks they're going to be the next J.K. Rowling or the next Stephanie Meyer or the next whoever you want to say. But there are so many things that have to fall into place just at the right time. Harry Potter could have been just another small kids book section if it wasn't for a shitload of luck on her part. Now, I'm not saying they're not great books. They're fantastic fucking books. I love mm -hmm. those. I've read those books more times than I think I've read any other books. But it doesn't, it's not the quality of the book that makes it a New York Times bestseller. Right. Uh, it is, in fact, a thing called the Black Swan Effect. And uh, you really want to look this up online, Black Swan, and it, it is all of the, these people who came out with this one 
magical book or one magical series or one magical name and could not even duplicate the stuff, their, their numbers, these people cannot duplicate their numbers using another name. Stephen King, J.K. Rowling, um, both of them tried to write under pseudonyms and do the same thing. And it never now, happened. I thought, I thought Richard Bachman was actually very successful. He did I okay. I thought he did duplicate his success. Mm-mm. No, he was he was a mid list author, and those books didn't actually do much for him until they were Richard Bach, uh, uh, Stephen King writing as Richard Bachman on the title. At which point, then they became bestsellers. Okay, well, I just know that he was very upset when it was exposed. Yeah, well, yeah, because he wanted to see if he could do it again. I thought he just wanted to write in a different way. Like, I read, I think it was in On Writing, where he felt like he was a different person writing a different way as Richard Bachman. Mm-hmm. And he was actually really livid when somebody... I don't think he was trying to duplicate his success. I think I think he wanted a certain amount of freedom. It's been however many years since it, since the book came out that I've read On Writing. So yeah. you might be right. I, I remember he was very upset. That, oh yeah, he was yeah. he was livid that that it got out who he was, but maybe it was because he it, the books weren't weren't doing the way that the publisher wanted, so they leaked the information just so they would boost the sales. Mm-hmm. But as far as I knew, Stephen King was doing it for himself as this this way of of catching a different just just I mean as any writer would you sometimes want to do something different and have a little bit more freedom. I think the name Stephen King locks him into a lot of stuff. Yeah. But um, was there anything else as far as this topic goes? I think we've pretty much covered it. Yeah, we were a little all over the place, but this is a very passionate topic. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, live on royalties or attempt to live on royalties for uh, a gigantic portion of your career and realize that you're not and that all you're ever doing is just barely scraping by with books that people like but that never find their readership and that get canceled after three and then yeah then you will understand why this is um it's 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 like it's not even that the topic was that but the fact Mm -mm. is series versus standalone and and tying it into what is better now all of that is interconnected with all of the shit holly's had has had to suffer through so there are some very important points that she has she feels she has to make and, and it's completely valid it's it's something that we are here to to help writers and we want you guys to know all of the good things and all of the bad things and all of the the information that we have available to give to you and this is this is a a, a hot button topic because this is we're talking about a career mm-hmm. we're talking about somebody asking what is the best way to get a readership to sell your books to make a living so this this is all tied into everything else Holly has had to deal with all yeah. of the bullshit and the so, thing is that you want to find your readers you want to make a living and you don't want your kids <laughs> to have months when their five dollar a month allowance isn't paid by their parents because their parents didn't have five bucks extra yeah <laughs> we, we actually had a cancellation of our allowance yes it yes. was just canceled because we just couldn't we couldn't afford to pay them five bucks a month yeah and i mean i don't think we we were a little bummed because we liked to have some money for candy and stupid shit but it wasn't we we also understood too at the time that you know (laughs) that's a luxury yeah an allowance for a kid it's it's a luxury we we had a lot of good shit going on so 
Um, but yeah, you, you definitely don't want to have to do that. You don't, you don't want to have to struggle. Like, I don't want my husband to have to work into his 60s and 70s because, you know, uh, my not getting paid enough in royalties right. from a traditional publisher, if I could even get it through the door. So yeah, it's, it's, I know we've been all over the place. If you guys have any questions related to this topic, please head into the forums. If we didn't cover something specifically that you think that, you know, would have, have fit nicely in here, or if you wanted us to clarify on a topic or anything, go into the forums, find this podcast uh, episode and let us know if you guys have had success selling stuff online using a specific marketing tactic please for for you know the to help other writers go into the podcast forums let them know what you did or or whose marketing book you read that worked for you yes remember this is this is all about what is working we want to share what is working with Mm -hmm. other authors yeah not speculation if you've done it and you you have succeeded yes that we really want to know that not secondhand. Oh, no. my friend said this book worked for him. None Mm-mm. of that. This, the only thing we are interested in, is I read this. I tried this. It worked, and you guys should read it too. That's that's what we want. We 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 don't need more people saying. Well, maybe we need we need people saying this works. You guys go out there as other writers and try it if you mm-hmm. can. Um. So I just want to remind you guys, you can follow us on the socials. That is at A-I-A-R-W-I-P on Twitter, at Alone with Invisible People on Instagram, Alone in a Room with Invisible People on Facebook. And you can go to Holly's Writing Classes, create your free account, jump into the forums. It's very clearly labeled our podcast, Alone with Invisible People. And I I love seeing all the new faces. I love seeing all the new comments. I I love seeing people jumping into the the 10-minute timer challenge. Don't forget that that's there. We've seen a lot of people have a lot of success and get really excited. Um, And if if all you do is start the 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, one, I mean, we, we had somebody who, who just had enormous amounts of success just writing 10 minutes a day and has jumped into doing more very quickly yeah and that's what the 10 minute timer challenge is for it's just to help you build a consistent habit um if you'd like to support the podcast you can go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com forward slash support us to find out more and if you want to buy any of holly's uh ebooks uh workshops any of the clinics any of the the big classes you can go to hollyswritingclasses.com, but she does ask that you buy them from the affiliate links at alonewithinvisiblepeople.com if possible. Yes. It does not cost Becky... you any more. <laughs> and Becky yeah. needs to get paid. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> That's it, it how does we not... do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it does not cost any more for you guys to purchase them through there, and it gives both Holly and myself uh, some of the, the purchase price. And again, if you guys are interested in being affiliates, go to hollyswritingclasses.com. She's got a page on that. You can it, It's very easy to join. She just needs the information so that if you make over $600 a year, you can be sent a 1099. But other than that, you know, it's you, you guys can can mention these things and get paid for for helping her move her her courses because yeah. she likes paying people who help her. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> So I'm just going to say I hope this episode was helpful. I know that there was a a lot of emotion in this one, but that is us. We are very emotional yeah. about writing and yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and and this is this is a real 
uh, lived through the fire and looking for better weather kind of kind of episode for me so I you know there was a little profanity in here and you know some I've been working on sparing you some of that but this you know this this was a life and death thing for me in a lot of ways and I, I don't, don't know why we're it. apologizing for profanity I, I curse all the damn time like oh see see I didn't even mean to say damn yeah that's don't worry about the profanity I I understand okay. that some people um you know they have kids and stuff so they have to, to limit the amount of time yeah. that we can write but you guys would not be getting us if we did not have the ability to curse because we would have to censor ourselves and we would not be comfortable and we would just not be us yeah and we curse a lot they're and just words yeah this was this was an episode that meant just a lot to me i really really hope it means a lot to you i really hope you find something of what we've said in here helpful and that it allows you to build the life you want to live as a writer and with that, we love you guys. Just hang in and know that you can do this. <laughs>